0: Hello beautiful people, my guest today has appeared on the podcast three times, this is third appearance, on the first episode ever, Tej Dosa joined me, on the 46th episode Tej Dosa interviewed me, and now on the 154th episode of the podcast, I am now interviewing Tej, but really this was a collaborative experience. And one in which we created something magical. I left this conversation feeling so full of joy, so full of energy, and so excited about life. And I hope you do as well. If you have any thoughts about this episode, let me know on Twitter at Hey Danny Miranda, also on Instagram at heydannymiranda. And you could check out there's no video version of this podcast, unfortunately, but you can check out the YouTube which has a bunch of different options and videos for you to choose from from this podcast. I truly hope that if you enjoyed this episode, you share it with someone you think will enjoy it as well. And that would mean the absolute world to me. That's all for me. I hope you enjoy this episode with Tej Dosa. Interesting people, thought-provoking conversations, nutrition for your brain. Journey through the minds of the world's top performers and discover what it really takes to achieve your highest version. This is the Danny Miranda Podcast. Tej, Dosa, every time you come on this podcast, something happens. When (laughs) I first uh, interviewed you, The episode one, acclaim, everyone seemed to enjoy it tremendously. So the start of the podcast, that was big. The second time you came on was I had just gotten Gary Vee as a guest, and there was such energy and hype around that. And now you're coming back again, and I just crossed the 100,000 play mark, which downloads plus YouTube views, and it's pretty incredible. It's like you bring the energy or something.
1: (laughs) That's epic. I appreciate that, bro. That's uh, Man, well-deserved. Congratulations on that. That's, uh, that's wild. It's crazy to see. Even I was watching the recent episode you did with Nate, and he's like, damn, it's, it's been a year since I was last on, and it doesn't even seem that long to see your rise and see your growth. I just think about that, and I'm like, holy shit, you can accomplish so much if you just stick to one thing and dedicate yourself for like a year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it's crazy because in this journey – I've had periods where I've had lulls and periods where I've been more into it than others. But the thing is I'd said to myself, it doesn't matter if I have lulls in the passion for the work. It's like, I'm going to show up no matter what. And I'm, I'm in this place right now where I'm, I'm so excited that I was able to do that because previously I hadn't been able to stick with things through the process of, of when I didn't feel like doing it. And so, yeah, man, Mm. it's, uh, it's really exciting and i have nothing planned for this conversation no amazing amazing <laughs> i i know we both prefer it that way and the universe will guide us
1: i'm curious though you talk about how you're better able to kind of like deal with uh, the low days with respect to the podcast what changed for you with this compared to some of the other things you've done in the past when you didn't maybe do the things that you needed to do for those things why is this different? Yeah.
0: 75 hard made me the type Mm. of person who could see a challenge get through that challenge and if you want to know what i'm talking about you could go back to our first episode together or uh the episode that we did on january 2nd or january 1st we published of 2021 those two episodes detailed the 75 hard journey and it just changed me man like i said to myself wow I don't like doing this at some points like the editing of this podcast, the you know booking guests. I enjoy it tremendously, but some parts it can get, be tedious. And I think some people don't see that. They might see the 100,000 downloads or whatever and say like, wow, I'd like that to be me. But the truth is that some parts of it are a little less glamorous. And being able to lean into that less glamorous life has made the podcast grow to the point where I found a second win or third win or whatever it is. So I'm so excited. Um, I've always had a, a joy for talking to people and a mm-hmm. joy for interacting with them. So that has stayed. But it's like sometimes sometimes it's a grind, like simple as that. So the fact that I did 75 hard allowed me to say, okay, this is something you're going to do regardless of whether or not you feel like doing it in any given day.
1: That's so, that's so interesting to me. Like a couple of things stood out to me. One is like, it seems like once you find that alignment, then you realize like the low days are a part of the game as well, right? And then you just keep on crushing because there really isn't another option. But sometimes when you aren't in alignment, maybe you're just doing things because you see other people doing it. When those low days do come, you like second guess yourself a little bit. You're like, do I really want to be doing this or should I be doing something else? But what was your, if there was, what was... What was your worst day with the podcast? Was there ever a day where you're like,
0: ah, I don't know, man, this podcasting thing, I don't know? <laughs> there wasn't a day when I thought I would actually stop doing it. But I will say that the day before or a week before I actually published the episodes, the first episodes, I said to myself, I don't know, does the world really need another podcast? I just did this mm. 20 times. I, you know, I recorded 20 episodes, but. At the same time, everyone's got a podcast. Am I just doing this so for other people or to look a certain way? But understanding that I got the joy from the process and having it start from a really organic place of having phone conversations with people from Twitter and making that my truth because it is my truth, that was such a key part because before I was doing things because it seemed cool or other people were doing them. With the podcast, I'm doing it because... I genuinely get such a high from having the conversation. And even if one person sees it or a 1,000 people see it or 100,000 or a million, it's the truth of having the conversation brings me joy. And that's just such a beautiful place to operate from because even when the down moments hit, you know that you just have one more conversation with someone. You're like, oh, wow, that's why I'm doing this. Does that make sense? That's,
1: yeah, 1,000%. That's so epic. And this is what I love about um – Not only what you're doing, but I think that's such a key lesson that you shed light on. The fact that you got the W before you even really stepped into the arena. What I mean by that, it's like you control the process, right? You are in it for the right reasons. And when you're in it for the right reasons, you're very concerned with and focused on the present moment, the day-to-day things. And then as if you just do that, if you have an epic conversation and you're not so attached to the results... It's like you collected that W and I find like for my own life that to be so true, the more control you exercise over things, the tighter your grip on like how things are supposed to unfold. I almost feel like you experience so much less success because like your imagination and your mind is limited and it's constrained to what you know, but there's a whole bigger universe out here that may have bigger plans for you, but you may not be experiencing those plans because you have such a tight grip on your preferences and how you want your life to unfold.
0: So explain to me how we balance that with setting the vision, right? Because I, for the personal example of it, I want this podcast to be really successful and what if life has a different purpose for me or the universe has a different purpose? How do I balance the vision, the strong vision I have while also being open to the possibilities?
1: I think for me, like what helps the most is like before I used to set these visions and set these goals. And then I would close my eyes, go into tunnel vision and then I would execute, execute, execute a year or a couple years would pass. And I would, um, I would lift my head up and I would look around and I would be like, holy shit, I missed out on so much gold. What the fuck? Right? Maybe I did get to where I wanted to go, but in the process I missed out on so much. So these days what I tend to do is I set the vision, set the intention, set the goal, set the dream, whatever you want to call it and I pull it into this moment right now. I try to embody the vision today, and as I embody the vision today, I like to live my life with my eyes open. So it's like I set the vision, but I have no idea if this vision is the ultimate vision. I don't know how this vision is gonna to come to life. I don't know if there's bigger visions for me. So all I'm gonna do is show up in this moment and be fully receptive to the moment and just be here fully and i I noticed that the more i'm here fully the more things start unfolding in beautiful ways some things take me towards my vision some things take me on a journey that's way more epic than my vision so i like to kind of look at life like a two-player game i feel like for a bulk of my life i just treated it like a one-player game like i was the only thing here and nobody else is really here but now the way i see it it's like i'm playing ping pong with life it's like i set my vision and then life does this thing and then i read the signs from life i follow those signs those intuitions those little hunches and then um i swing the ping pong back to life and then so on and so forth and it's like much more collaborative, but that type of living honestly requires a lot of balls and a lot of surrender. And sometimes I pussy out, but other times I'm like, fuck it, life, let's let's fucking go. Let's ride these waves. And those are always the times when I look back and I'm like, Holy shit, like that's so epic. Like even the decision to start a Twitter account, like that was never in my plans. Like I'm a very private person. Like I never had social media. I never did any of this bullshit. And even Twitter, like, it was like Something was telling me like, yo, just, you know, like the way that even happened, like how we all ended up on this corner of the internet just is remarkable in itself. But the way even I came about like, all right, let's create this Twitter account. It was like very going with the flow, surrendering to what the moment called for, just trusting the intuition, that hunch. And it led to crazy epicness like that was never part of the plan.
0: So tell the story of how you actually got on Twitter and why you decided to to start a profile and start putting your thoughts out into the world
1: yeah like it's it's one of those things that i don't even know it seems like something was just like running the show for me but what inspired me to even like find the corner of twitter and i think for a lot of people was um the wall street playboys like i was a big fan of their uh blog still am they rebranded but yeah i used to follow them i don't know like i stumbled across uh twitter um all these people were like posting epic content i stumbled across accounts like nate schmidt scotty um ed um alexander cortez and what really resonated with me was it felt like for the first time in my life that i had found a group of people that were like young and they were like killers and they were like you know having fun partying but also really concerned and focused with their business and focused on making money and improving themselves and really trying to maximize this life and really reach the top of the world or reside on the bottom of the ocean. And it felt like I found my tribe because for the bulk of my entrepreneurial career, I was like a one man show. Like there was really nobody else I knew that was doing what I was doing. And it was kind of lonely at times, right? So I don't know. Just when I found that corner of Twitter, I had like no intentions of creating a profile myself. I think for the first little while, I just had, like, a dummy account, like, something, like, random, and I was just following all these people, and I was just, like, reading their thoughts, and I was like, oh, this is epic, and then, um, naturally, I think that just led to me wanting to connect with these folks, but I knew that in order to connect with these folks, I couldn't, um... You know, reach out with like a dummy Twitter account with like fucking 900 different numbers in it and like, you know, one of those accounts, no profile pick or whatever. So I was like, I'm just gonna create, um, create an account and I'm just gonna write out my story, my initial thread, just to like put myself out there just to showcase and like highlight some of my story. And then actually I did that and it was very authentic and very real. And that led to um, connecting with a bunch of the people that I admired on Twitter and respected. And eventually um, I found like one thing I'd always found was great joy in just sharing the journey as I was um, going through it. So even back in 2011, when I was in high school, I had a blog that I would update every single day for like three years in a row. And it was a trashy ass blog, like the articles were straight trash, but it really did something for me in the sense that it allowed me to really articulate my thoughts. It was like a public journal. And even through there, I made crazy relationships like business partners or like um, just friends or just people that I met whenever I've traveled. So it was epic. And I kind of just brought that to Twitter.
0: Was there also something to do with a supplier uh, or a a a company that was competing in the same area trashed you what happened with that
1: (laughs) dude that's a good memory that's a fire memory um what happened was i was um doing this e-commerce business and then um i had come come up with this product right And it was very unique. Like, obviously I thought it was unique. I thought I was like the only person that came up with this idea and I named it something, right? Because I Googled the name and nobody else had this name, or at least I thought, right? And then, um, I create the product, takes like six months to develop or whatever. I create the store, set up my Facebook page, do all those shenanigans. And then, um, I launch my ads for the, for the product. And then, um, and I had done this like many times before. So I was like, okay, just another, just another going with the uh, going with the emotions, and then one day I wake up, right? I wake up, I look at my uh, phone. This is this is back in the day when I used to check my phone first thing in the morning, right? Still do some days, but you know you know how that goes. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at my phone, and I have like fucking five hundred. Uh, emails in my inbox from like Facebook of like comments on my ads, right? And I'm sitting there like, oh shit, fuck, this is epic. Like my ads took off. This is this is crazy. So much engagement. This is this is dope, right? And then I go brush my teeth or whatever, and then I look and I'm opening my uh phone, I'm reading the emails while I'm brushing my teeth, and I'm just getting trashed in the comments like you stole this from XYZ. This person does this. And I'm like, who the fuck is XYZ? I don't even know who XYZ is, right? Cuz I didn't really the only influencer I really followed or knew at the time was like... Uh Gary Vaynerchuk and, like, some of the other guys, right? Whatever, like, I don't really follow those guys. But um uh, I didn't know who this guy was. And then I was like, yo, who is this guy, right? And then I click, like, everybody's, bro, this is, like, crazy, controlled opposition, like, demolish this company. Like, it was a trained hit, man. That's what I felt, right? And then I was like, holy shit. I was just laughing. I was like, this is so funny. I was like, who is this guy? I have no idea who this guy is. But the product that he had was almost identical in name to the one that I created which is really funny but like the niche that we were in it's like that's what you were gonna name it so it wasn't like you know it wasn't, it was just whatever. But anyways, I go on this guy's profile and I look at him and he's a, he's an influencer, right? And I'm not going to say his name cause he's still out there, but, um, <laughs> he's a, I'll tell you off air, but he's a, he's an influencer and he had like, I don't know, like 500,000 followers. And like, dude, these guys went on my business Facebook page. They left all one star reviews. They should talk the business. Like I bought something from this company and they didn't ship. These guys are scams and obviously they didn't buy anything. Right and then um yeah i just got trashed and i remember i remember telling my girlfriend at the time right i was like yo check this out this is so funny right she's like why are you laughing like this this is fucked up like this is not even true like they're just leaving so many negative reviews like this didn't even happen this is bullshit this is bullshit this is bullshit bullshit." and i'm just laughing and i'm like i'm just laughing because that day i realized the game I realized like the landscape we were in, like influence really counted and like that really mattered. And up till then, I didn't really give two fucks. I was just like, you know, behind my laptop, writing away copy, launching offers. And that worked and it still works, but that had its run for a while. But then when I saw this influence game and how like one person could like rile up his entire following to go after a competitor Which was me, and just destroy me like crazy. I was laughing that day because I was like, Oh shit, like this is the game and it was a very insightful lesson and that was yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was one of the reasons that I was like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna build my army but not like in a let's go to war type of way, just like, you know, this is an asset, like this is a good to have
0: yeah and you are someone who's built an audience and built an influence of people who are really connected to your message and everything you put out one thing that i always notice like you the amount of tweets you have to the amount of people who follow you and how deeply they are connected with you and your message how do you go about connecting deeply with people how have you managed to do that so well
1: I think with me, I think I never really focused on connecting with others. I'm more concerned with connecting deeply with myself. The more I connect deeply with myself, the more I get hit with thoughts and insights that are very true to myself. And I noticed that when I put those thoughts out, I'm just... And I put those authentic thoughts out, I don't do it to like... You know, I don't care like what even happens for me. I just need to express and get that out there. And what I noticed was the more I do that, the more my tweets maybe and my message holds up a mirror to everybody else that may follow me. And in the process, when they read my tweet, they don't see me. They see a reflection of themselves. I think the greatest thing you can do for another person is hold up a mirror and not show them how powerful you are, but how powerful they are. And I think that comes from deeply connecting with myself and getting in tune with um, the sound of my own drum and then just broadcasting that out similar to you, like with this podcast it doesn't seem like you have any expectations for it. You're more so just connected with yourself and you're just vibing out. And I noticed that about you and I noticed about the success of this podcast, how people gravitate towards that. Like I think I told you in private, but when you win, it seems like we all win. And that's because I think you do such a great job as well of holding up that mirror. It's like I'm on Danny's team because Danny is a very clear reflection of the stuff that I have inside me. So it's like... And I think that goes a long way. And it happens automatically. Like, I wish I could tell you like a three step system, but you know, that's just, that's just marketing talk. But like, I think it just comes down to being authentic to yourself and just sharing that message.
0: Well, I got chills just now, man. And I think one thing that you could take away from that is is connecting deeply with yourself. And how do you connect deeply with yourself? You remove the inputs for some period of time, whether that's taking a walk or really questioning what are things that i value really trying to put the light on yourself and before doing that i never really had a purpose or had a strong why everything i was doing was for external reasons and was for to impress someone else i didn't realize that at the time but once i started shining the light on myself by asking questions to myself, by taking long walks with no inputs, by meditating and sitting with my thoughts for anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour to days at a time with, you know, a retreat. It's like doing those things made my purpose so much clearer. And has that been also the case for you?
1: Yeah, 1,000%, bro. I feel like, especially the time that we're in, like with so many things competing for your attention and so many people trying to live your life for you, so many um people trying to get in your brain and code it and really um influence you i think it's more important now than ever to really figure out who you are and one of the ways i try to do that personally is i try to live my life with the mindset of like i'm the only person alive and that may sound a little fucked up but what i mean by that is like if i was the only person alive then, what would I be doing? like Would I still be influenced and influenced by like what other people expect of me? like obviously not, like I would be the only person alive, so I would just you know I would have to get in tune with my own drum like who am I like what do I want to do? How do I want to live my life? like what do I want to create? What do I want to experience? And I think when you come from that frame, it allows you to just do things for the sake of doing things, right It even takes like the rewards out of the out of the picture and that's when I think you something more peer comes online and that starts to act through you and um yeah like so many times Like I don't listen to anyone and my favorite people I feel like they don't listen to anyone either like they'll take advice but like they'll just do whatever they want to do like this is like it drives my mom crazy like she'll just i'm like why do you keep lecturing me like there's no point like i'm not gonna i just laugh i'm like this is funny like come on you don't you didn't learn yet and it's like so funny not like out of a malicious way but, but, but because like i know that if i go with somebody else's judgment and it doesn't work out then i'm gonna be you know i'm not gonna be i'm not going to be happy and i'm going to be maybe even a little resentful of myself but i may like attach that to them so i never want to put them in the position where i would resent a loved one so it's like so many times where i had a decision to make between x and y and all my family told me why but my heart was saying x and then i decided to go with x and then two months later they're like yo bro like you know mad respect you went with x it was a better decision i was like holy fuck can you imagine if i went with y and then it ended up being a disaster when i knew i should have done x and now my own family is telling me i should have done x i'm like this is crazy
0: could you take us to an example of a situation like that
1: um an example yeah like many examples like um some big and some smaller ones right um like a big one would be just like the entrepreneurship journey um in in general like i went to um i went to school i went to university i got an accounting degree and um yeah so like everybody nobody is a Nobody really does what I do, like, in my family or, like, my cousins or whatever. Like, nobody really does anything online. So every time, like, I would go to, uh, you know, like, family party or whatever, I would just get trashed, bro. Like, they thought, like, I was on, like, miniclips.com, like, playing, like... Fucking stupid ass games all day. Like just like, you know, tinkering away at the laptop, pushing my keyboard, keyboard and I would just get trashed like by my uncles, by like my friends and my family. They're like, yo, bro, like when are you going to, you know, stop, uh, stop playing games on the computer. And I would just like laugh. I was like, yeah, this is funny to me. And it was funny. Like, I don't take anything seriously. Like, I don't take anything personally. Like, it is what it is. Like, you know, if I was in their situation, I would say the same thing to somebody like me because I didn't understand that reality, right? So I get where people are coming from. But even that like my parents never pressured me with anything like with respect to what to do because i did such a good job of being a failure growing up that the expectations were very very low that they just transferred all those over to my sister so i was like chilling but still there was like this uh subtle subtle belief that one day this kid is going to grow up realize that this is a pipe dream and he's going to get a real job right but obviously i was never going to do that and then um I just chose what I wanted to do. I was like, this is what I want to do. I didn't even tell anybody. I just stuck to it. And then it's funny, even I actually graduated university like way earlier, but I didn't even tell anybody that I graduated. I was just like, (laughs) I just continued going to school and just working on my businesses. And then once my businesses popped off, I was like, oh, by the way, I've been done school for like two years. And I don't want to, the reason I didn't tell anybody was because I was trying to make this work. And now it worked and now I don't have to get a, job or whatever so um yeah like that was one and then um other things too like with relationships or with even um risks with um you know stuff smaller things like i think this type of thing applies to both the um big picture but also in the small day-to-day decisions
0: it's always interesting because you're so right the people that i respect and admire are the people who did things their own way and really followed the beat of their own drum. But it's also interesting because it seems like from my perspective, in order to be great, you have to pull from so many different sources. So it's this weird paradox going on where you have to pay attention really closely. Like if you take a basketball analogy, Kobe has to pay real close attention to how Michael is approaching that move, but he can't be doing things because Michael did them, So it's like this weird thing that's going on where in order to be great, you need to be witness to it and be able to see all the things that are great and combine them to the best of your abilities. But also be able to say, no, this is the avenue I want to go down and I'm confident in that. Does that make One,
1: sense? Yeah, 1000%. I think you nailed it. I think, you, I think life requires 100% openness and 100% uniqueness at the same time.
0: 100 percent openness and 100 percent uniqueness because we're all one of ones right like we're all everyone's got their their thing that they would excel at and they would crush but it's like can you get over the expectations of your friends can you get over the expectations of the people around you and it's like when you start shining that light man people notice people realize like wow this person is different why is this person different because they're following their light. They're following their intuition. They're following their uniqueness, their openness. And it's such a beautiful thing to witness. And yeah, it it's yeah. changed my life for sure.
1: Dude, this epic. Even when you were talking about at the start when you were like, there's so many other podcasts. Like when you were saying that, like the thought that jumped out to me was, I was like, is there another Danny Miranda podcast? I haven't heard it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like you can't lose when you're competing just with yourself and against yourself because you literally already won before you stepped on onto the field so that's such a key part
1: and i also think like each and every person like it sounds probably like a fairy tale like out of a disney movie or some shit right but um i truly believe that each and every person has like a unique blueprint right a unique blueprint and it may not be like you know like the stuff that society says is important. It may be something even more important that people don't even recognize. But I think um, each and every person has a unique blueprint of what they're supposed to do, where they're supposed to be. And I think the mistake that I've made and the mistake I've seen maybe um, some other people make is they try to consciously, deliberately strategize and plan and figure out what that is. But um, I think it's like that's not the case because like this... (laughs) I don't know, but like this, I was going to get a little deeper. like, I think the self that you think you are is just the byproduct of conditioning. So how could that self ever know what is right for you? It's just something that's been built. It doesn't even exist like we think it does. But I think there's something deeper at play here, where each and every person has a unique blueprint. But I think far too often, we get in the own way of that blueprint, kind of what I said earlier. But I think this type of blueprint isn't found by stressing about it, by um, strategizing I think it's found more so by just being aware of your feet on the floor being connected fully to this moment having your eyes open having your heart open and just trusting this moment with all you've got like it's the only moment you've got and letting this moment guide you because I think this moment has an inherent intelligence that is always trying to take you to your unique blueprint but it requires again great balls to fully be here and even um in the course of this conversation or even in the course of my days like there's so it's like a back and forth thing right where i feel my feet on the floor i'm fully engaged i'm like let's fucking go let's make this an epic fucking podcast and then i'm like oh fuck i'm back in my head let's not oh, know what the fuck's <laughs> happening you know? so i think like it's uh, it's like a balance but um yeah fuck i think this is a unique blueprint and like the way you actually seize this blueprint is by fully trusting life and not by scheming and not by thinking, because I don't think um, you can actually get there. You can get hints, and I think that's that's important. I think like you can ask people, like, "Yo, like, what was I good at when I was a kid?" Like for yourself, I know, like, you know, this is very similar to what you were doing with your blog, with the Knicks blog, early on, right? So it's like I think you have hints every now and then. But even those hints, like, if you ask yourself, Danny, why did you start that blog? I don't think you started it because you were planning and strategizing. I think something that was moving you in that direction.
0: Yeah, it's so weird that we both had blogs at a young age. And what do you think you saw in the landscape of the world that made you want to start a blog?
1: Oh, that's a that's a, that's a good question. What made me want to start a blog was um I was I think it was like entrepreneurship at that time like when I would google stuff like how to make money, like bullshit used to come up. Like literal bullshit. It's like fucking uh click on this survey and get like ten cents for like, you know, a minute of your time and I would do it. I was like cool man, made ten cents. This is epic. But it was so much bullshit. Like there was nothing else there, so it was kinda like boring. Like the internet was really boring for me. And I was trying to like figure out how to make money and I was like, Man, there's probably like other people they are trying to figure out how to make money too And I'd always like you know, I hated writing which is funny, like I hated writing but um I just felt compelled to just share. I think for me, like I like to express, I like to be creative, I like to share and if i'm not being creative like it could just be in my own journal like i don't have to publish it for the world once i'm done something right it's like i'm done like i don't care if anybody reads it like so many times like i'll you know maybe even this podcast like after we're done somebody might bring up something that i said and i'm like who said that they're like you did i was like when and then i don't even know like this is done like it's over right so same thing with the blog like so many people even um after i jumped on twitter it's funny if people um found that blog and they were like sending me all these articles like yo this is epic I'm like who the fuck wrote that article this is trash (laughs) but it's so funny so I just think um, it was like more so like a need to really be creative and let that let that fucking fire out
0: dude it is wild how there will be people listening to this and people who are going to be reading your blogs for years and years and years and I don't think we fully appreciate it yet because a full generation hasn't passed to live through the internet. Mm. But the fact that that digital artifact is there and will always be there. I mean, I can pull up the old blog from archive.org, I believe is the website, the time time machine. You ever go on one of those things and just see what the (laughs) early websites looked like. And that's why I think people have such a difficult time with starting a journey because they're looking at someone else's chapter 100 but they're on chapter 1 and they're comparing themselves to that chapter but you have to understand things will grow and develop who knows in 10 years we might be doing this podcast in VR you know who knows where it will be or what it will look like but the fact that this is the best we can do today and we're going to do the best we possibly can in this moment that is what counts and i think you realized that back then because you started the blog and had the courage to put yourself out there. And I think you still have that same mentality today of just living where your feet are. You mentioned it before, and it's such an important concept and not to look at someone else and say, I can't do that because that person has a studio. That person has this, that person has that. Well, you're here. So do what you can here and the rest will follow.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think that was so perfectly said that was, that was quite beautiful. And I think, um, so much truth in those words. And I also think like there's so much joy and so much, um, so many W's and so many experiences that you have that the person that's on chapter 20 may not have anymore. Right. And they wishes they were in your spot. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And it's like, can you, can you imagine like the early days of like Joe Rogan podcast? He's like just with his homies, just shooting the shit, you know, just drinking, vibing out. Like episodes were crazy long. They didn't give a fuck. They're just in the moment. They're just having fun. He probably looks, I don't know if I'm speaking for him, but like he probably looks at those times like, man, like that was, that was some epic times. Like that was, that was so cool. And I noticed this too, like whenever, like when I was, um, early days of business like i used to i was like obsessed bro like i was sneaking to parties but like really affluent and rich people and i would just like you know act like i belonged even though i didn't and i would talk to these people and i was like so obsessed like you know my feet were not on the floor like i was like in space right i was like i need this i need to do this like this is what i'm gonna do like this is gonna be fucking epic and i could see these people they're looking at me and they're they're resonating with the ambition with the energy but a lot of them like the real ogs they were like yo kid you don't even know where you're at right now like enjoy these days you know this hunger you feel right now you know this ambition where you don't have shit and you're trying to make it and you're trying to find a way out and you're trying to the whole world is doubting you your own family is doubting you everybody else is not doing what you're doing you're all alone and you're trying to make it happen honor this moment kid this is the juice this is it live it enjoy it maximize it don't be in such a rush to get to chapter 20 when you're only on chapter one because a good book takes time to develop
0: and you get to experience those moments and you know that feeling of like when you finish a book and you're like damn That was a great book. I wish that would never end because you learned so much and went through that journey with that person in that moment. And it's like you have that. If you're a 20-something kid right now listening to this, you have that. If you're a 50-year-old person right now, you have that. You can build a journey. You can build something for the next 10 years and say, wow, like I just started something. I grew through it and I got better because of it. It's like this is always available for us and it's what Gary Vaynerchuk, that's his secret because everyone thinks that his goal and mission is to buy the New York Jets. He's actually trying to achieve buying the New York Jets. He is trying to make the vision so big that the journey never ends. And once he does buy the New York Jets, he's like, I'm going to win. Seven Super Bowls. So he's continuing <laughs> He understands that the juice of life is found through the journey. And everyone could say the journey is greater than the destination over and over and over again. Once <laughs> you experience that feeling, it is something you never want to get rid of. And I talked about it, I believe, about 75 hard. Once I finished and started drinking, it was like, man, I just want to be back on day 48 when I didn't want to do the workout. And I did it. So... Yeah man. That that Bro. is life. Bro, that gave me fucking chills.
1: I think that was uh, that was beautiful. I think um honestly I was taking notes and what I wrote down was I think I'm going to start a new journey today. But I was thinking um that's really it. So like if anything I think from this podcast, like one of the main takeaways that I personally just wrote down right now was If we could like inspire somebody to start a journey, whether it's 75 hard, whether it's like, you know, whatever you want to do, just start with your day one today and give yourself the gift of time. Give yourself the gift of space and let that journey take you on a wild, wild, wild adventure. And I think there's so, so much beauty in going on a journey, giving it all that you have, dedicating your life to it. And then at the end of your life, looking back and cleaning your hands clean from it. And it reminds me of, I remember, I'm totally going to butcher this story. Like, I just, uh, it's, it's, the weirdest shit sticks out in my mind. But, like, I remember reading this, um, reading something, right? These people spent, like, their entire life, like, building this piece of architecture. And it was, like, beautiful, right? It was so epic. It was, like, glorious. And then um, at the... Once they were done, like whatever, people were admiring it. And then like a couple of weeks later, after they were done and after they were finished and everybody was admiring it, this piece, uh, this building or whatever caught, caught on fire and it burned to the ground. And then the person that was responsible for building this, for dedicating their entire life to this, they were seen looking at the building from outside and looking at it as everything was burning to the ground. And everybody was looking at this person, expecting him to be sad, expecting him to be mad, expecting him to be angry. And I'm sure there were those feelings as well. But this person had a smile on his face. Right, And then the, somebody asked him, I think it was a reporter or some shit, they're like, yo, why, why, why are you smiling? All your life's work is burning to the ground. And he's like, the greatest joy was building that building. There's so much beauty in building something and then watching it burn to the ground. Because all the things that I gained from that are still with me, even as this building burns to the ground.
0: That is so powerful. And I feel... Feel that. It's like no one could take that away. No one could take away the work that you put in every day that makes you better, that improves your life and the people around you's life. It doesn't matter if anyone sees it anymore. It's within you. And it can't be stopped because it's the truth of the situation. You either went to the gym that many times or didn't. It doesn't matter if you're frail and weak now because you have cancer or you're 80, 90 years old you put those hours in, you put that time in and you carry with that in your mind forever. And that is the game. Yeah.
1: 1000%. And like one thing I feel like um, sometimes with society kind of like tries to like trick you, they like plant a seed in your head that like, Yo, in the end, you're gonna die, so nothing, nothing really matters. So just like, yolo your life away, just do, you know, dumb shit, and like, don't start journeys, like, don't worry about improvement, because what is improvement gonna get you at the end of the day? You're just gonna be a person six feet under. And personally, I don't, I don't resonate with that at all. I feel like, yes everything goes right your body's gonna go like you know this podcast is gonna go like my businesses are gonna go all this twitter bullshit is gonna go (laughs) everything is gonna go eventually but at the end also the body's gonna go like you're gonna go but i think the gains that you experience are inherent and they stay with your consciousness i think like to me it seems crazy that we're born and then we live for a very minuscule amount of time and then it's over and then everything is the end i don't i don't Even if it's not true, I would never subscribe to that belief because that belief would give rise to a very different type of life that I'm not trying to live. And I think, like, I'm more so interested in living a life where I think of it as if, like, everything I experience, everything I do is, um, leading to gains for my consciousness and at the end of it that's the only thing i can take with me so people always like yo like why you work so hard you can't take the money with you i'm like yeah i can't take the money with me but what i can take with me is the gains to the consciousness that i experience as a result of building a business as a result of pushing myself as a result of feeling the fear feeling like a pussy feeling like i ain't shit and taking action anyways those are the gains that are internal and that's the game i'm trying to play like i don't care about all these other scoreboards, I think those scoreboards are great, but those scoreboards are going to disappear at the end of the day. What isn't going to disappear are the gains I cultivate. For my consciousness as a whole, and that's what I'm concerned about. That's what I'm focused on. And to me, that is long-term thinking. Look, like, so many times you see these crazy entrepreneurs, and they're like, "I'm a long-term thinker," and no knock to them. I was just like them. Some days I still am, right? And they're like, "Okay, what is long-term thinking to you?" They're like, "You know, a hundred years." And I'm like, "A hundred years? Let's let's think of a hundred lifetimes. The like, consciousness, I think, is eternal. It's forever. So, like, let's approach each and every moment like we're fully here." to maximize this existence and really collect and reap and mold and grow and flourish as human beings and let's um, maybe just try it out see how it works for you maybe subscribe to the idea that the gains you experience each and every day aren't actually going to be taken away from you in the end those are the only things you will actually be able to take with you wherever the fuck you go once this show of life is over
0: and the powerful thing about believing that is like even if it's not true, you gain from believing that it's true, right? So, so often we're subscribed with, well, that doesn't make sense. How, how could that possibly be? And that might be the reaction of someone listening. But in the other sense, it's like, will your life be better by subscribing to that belief? If the answer is yes, then why aren't you subscribing to that belief? It might be because you personally don't want to feel that level of joy. You're not ready to be open in that moment. But it's like, if you are, if you are ready to feel as if the work that you put in today is going to lead to lifetime's worth of growth, it's like, that is such a powerful belief to operate under. Are there any other beliefs you have that you don't know if they're true or not? Maybe you do believe this one is 100% true, but are there any other beliefs that you're not sure whether they're true, but have served your benefit for believing them?
1: yeah, I think like I think most of the beliefs that I have are probably bullshit, but I, like the, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> I think they're probably all bullshit. but um I remember one time like I was like, I was like a kid, and I had so many beliefs in my brain, bro, and all these beliefs were bullshit, like they weren't true in reality, right? They were like very limiting beliefs, and I remember sitting there one day. Like a fucking lunatic. And I was like, why the fuck do I have so much bullshit beliefs in my brain and they're not even true? And I was like, yo, wait a minute. If I'm going to believe in bullshit, I might as well believe in empowering bullshit, right? Like, I don't know what the fuck we're doing here, but I'm going to start believing in things that feel right. That allow me to truly maximize this existence. So... I have a bunch of beliefs that are probably bullshit. Like, you know, there's probably like people like, yo, this isn't true. And I'm agreeing with you. It's probably not fucking true. But it helps me. And um, some of those beliefs are like, this is the first one that just comes to mind. And this is everything is easy. Like the word hard, I don't, I don't subscribe to at all. I don't think anything is hard. I believe everything is easy. So that's that's one belief. And the reason I arrived at this belief was because like, I would have, like, a project to do, like, for business or school or whatever. And I noticed my mind would label it to be hard. And I noticed when it did that, I would procrastinate. I wouldn't, like, create quality work. It wouldn't lead to much epicness because I was creating the resistance myself. And then I was like, yo, this is this is pretty shitty. This is a pretty dumb way to go through life. What would happen if I start saying everything is easy, right? At first, I didn't believe it. I was like, yo, like, waking up in the morning early is hard. But I'm like, no, what if waking up at 5 in the morning is easy? I just started telling myself, everything is easy. Everything is easy. Building a business, everything is easy. People telling me nine out of 10 businesses fail. I'm like, okay, cool. Everything is easy. Everything is easy. Everything is easy. And I started subscribing to that mentality. And I noticed that when my mind thinks something is easy, it wants to do it. It's like, if I told you, right now that walking to the fridge and getting like a a diet coke or or whatever was easy you would do it because it is easy that's why people do it but if you go to 75 hard it has the word hard in it so some people are like yo this shit is fucking hard and then the mind creates so many obstacles and so many um uh, resistance that actually makes things harder than it needs to be. So I think everything is easy. And it's funny, the second time I did 75 hard, I was like, yo, this is easy. This is light work. And bro, it was a completely different experience. I was like, yo, this is like normal. Like two, works, two workouts a day, light work. Easy, easy, easy. And it just became easy. Like I would be done the day. Like the first time I did it with you, bro, it was it was a fucking struggle. I would be like <laughs> chugging water like one in the morning, like waking up like four times in the night to like fucking take a piss i was like this is brutal and then the other time the second time around i was like yo this is easy and by like 7 p.m 6 p.m i would be done and i was like whoa i got like four hours left what should i do this is easy and um that's that's one belief um other beliefs are more probably like related to like spirituality right so i think those are like in that framework or that context but um yeah that everything easy i think is such a practical belief and i also believe that every situation is workable so there's nothing to fear i feel like there's always a way out every situation is workable and just like treating that like a like a mantra just creates such trust such security such stability because everything is changing and sometimes we fear change so much that we're resistant to it but if you have the belief and you feel it with every fiber of your being like these beliefs like everything is easy like i just, it's not just mental like Literally everything in my body is screaming. Everything is easy. Let's fucking go. Let's go life. Show me what you got. Let's fucking go in battle. Let's fucking create epic things. Everything is easy. Anything I want to do, I can fucking do because everything is easy. Like you got to feel this with every fiber of your fucking being. You got to let it consume you. And then you got to trust whatever happens and be okay with whatever happens.
0: It's so crazy because I think that society conditions us to believe that if something is done well, it has to be hard oh, you worked hard? Okay, then you deserve a reward. Hard work is put on a pedestal. And everything we do that we appreciate, it's hard work. We put hard work into this. And start noticing all the places in which people start saying hard work. It's so crazy that you mentioned this because literally yesterday, a friend asked me, hey, how's 75 hard going? Is it easy? And my initial reaction (laughs) was to say, no, it's not easy. Because in my head, I'm thinking to myself, if it's easy, then it must not really be hard work. It must not really be valuable. And it's so false. Mm. It's so false. That is a preconditioned belief that society has implanted in me. It's like things can be worthwhile and be easy. In fact, the best things happen effortlessly. And so I told that person, no, it's not. It hasn't been easy. But. I feel like the best version of myself. I feel like I'm, I'm doing well. I feel like I could do anything I want. I feel like a savage is what I said. Like, I'm, and I'm on day 29 right now. And that makes sense, right? But, yeah. it's, but it really is easy because the life is flowing. It, it, it's not like I'm thinking twice about doing these tasks. They're done. They're out of my head. And the truth is I just didn't want to say that it was easy because saying that it was easy would indicate that it wasn't a worthwhile pursuit
1: dude i think that brings up such an interesting uh topic i feel like sometimes we label things hard because then we derive meaning from those things because otherwise we may feel the lack of meaning that exists beforehand
0: that's a that's a bar right there
1: yeah i think it it just came up as you were talking because i see it in my own life it's like Yeah, I don't know. That kind of gave me fucking chills. (laughs) I think that's that's kind of fucked up. But I think there is something to that.
0: It's like, why do we value hard work so much?
1: Yeah, and I feel like... Dude, this is crazy, right? Like, I remember... um, I personally always felt like I lacked meaning I lacked value I lacked I had like I felt like something was wrong with me like I had a deficiency right and then um, like all, all throughout my childhood and then I remember I turned to business like early on in business like first um, started business like 14 14 till 20 let's say um, I was really driven and like my entire identity was like built around business right And um, business was this thing that was challenging. It was I would describe it as hard. I would describe it as like, you know, it's like testing what I got. And I realized like I was doing all that I was attaching so much significance to it. Because deep down inside, I was actually feeling quite valueless. I was feeling like I lacked value, like my life was meaningless. And I was Projecting all these things into this business and creating meaning through the business in order to feel like my life mattered. But it was all because I was trying to cover up this part of me that felt like it didn't have any real value. So it's like, I feel like we're constantly easily programmable, easily identified with certain beliefs to call certain things hard or whatever it is because we're trying to attach meaning to certain things in order to feel validated, in order to feel significance. Ourself. But I think once you go down, um, once you explore who you truly are, you realize that everything that you're giving meaning to isn't actually as meaningful as you think it is. The real meaning of life is you. You are the meaning of life. You are significant. And the only reason that 75 Hard has meaning or building a business has meaning or getting in great shape has meaning is because you Or the meaning and you're giving that meaning to that thing and then it becomes meaningful and then you spend your entire life pursuing that thing which is great which is epic i do it too i think it's awesome but in the process i think we shortchange ourselves where we think that thing is what has meaning and we don't have meaning but that thing can only have meaning because of the meaning we've given it and since we're the ones that gave it that means that we are the ones with meaning
0: you don't want to give meaning to the business. You don't want to give meaning to 75 hard, even though those are valuable things that can help you in life. Giving meaning to those things means that you are the one who gets the power to give it. And if you just, if you put all of your capital in that, it's like when that fails or that doesn't work, well, then you start to believe you don't work. But the truth Mm. is, you are the one who gave meaning to that in the first place. So why are you worried about the fact when it doesn't work, it's not right for you? So it's just this, this crazy concept and the, you're so right. Having authority over being the person who gives meaning means that you have the power and if you have the power, then you can do whatever the hell you want.
1: Exactly. And like I noticed this too, right? Like with uh, myself and also like say somebody spends like their entire life working a job, right? And then they reach like 60 years of age and then they retire and retirement was something they always wanted. But you'll notice that once they retire, it feels like meaning has been stripped out of their life because yep. all the meaning was related to, to the job. And you see the same thing with entrepreneurs, right? Like you make a lot of money and then you, let's say you lose all the money then you're fucking you act you act like something's wrong like something has gone terribly wrong but i think the greatest thing for an entrepreneur especially for young entrepreneurs i think it's so crucial to make a lot of money and obviously don't try to do this like if it happens it happens but lose lose it all like i remember um i i remember the first time i made like six figures i was like i made it in a way that was very um it felt like a job, right? And it didn't mesh well. It wasn't in alignment. So I remember I flew out to San Diego. I grabbed tickets to the San Diego Padres versus the Giants. So it, was, it was a summer day. I was sitting in the um, bleachers, nosebleeds, right, in the sun, just fucking getting torched. And I was just thinking about like what I wanted to do. And in that moment, I was like, yo, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go from six figures. And that was a lot of money. Still is a lot of money. But at the time, especially to a young, young kid. And I was like, I'm going to go to zero, and i remember at that uh stadium i whipped out my phone sent a sent an email just you know resigning from all whatever all the clients that i was working with and i went from uh, six figures to literally zero with one text message or a couple of emails right and i felt such relief and then i built it up whatever like the right way but it was so critical for me because after i went from six figures to literally zero dollars with like a couple couple emails it felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. And the fact that I could build it back up, it really taught me that to really live. Because I know a lot of people that make a lot of money and then they become so wrapped up in it. They're so scared to lose it. But once you lose everything and then you build it back up again, you realize that you are the meaning that made that happen. The money itself was insignificant. And I think that is especially a very crucial lesson to learn, especially for a young entrepreneur. And I think that relates to anything, not just not just money. I think it's important to realize that you are the one that is actually doing these things. Like these things are just a byproduct of you And it it kind of reminds me of like this thought that I had I wrote it in like my journal I think I might tweet it, but it's like will you spend your entire life trying to change the pixels on the screen? Or will you get in touch with the one who is experiencing the pixels on the screen in the end the pixels die? But the one lives short-term thinking is to be lost in pixels long-term thinking is to wake up to the one
0: Phew, Dude That is the truth because, and it's so crazy how it all ties back. I'm going to bring up Gary Vaynerchuk again. He says multiple times, I want to lose it all. I I secretly hope that I lose it all so that I can get the chance to rebuild it so that I can show and so that I could show myself and other people how good I really am. It's like... That's a guy probably in ten figure net worth. I, like like what is that? Nine figure? I don't like and he wants to lose it all? That is <laughs> wild. You know? Because he believes in himself that much. He believes in his power to create it again. And he knows how epic that would be as a story. So that is living without fear. And that is living because if you don't fear a lot of people make all this money, I'm sure, and, and start fearing the consequences, oh shoot, now I have to protect this. Now I have to, now I have to make sure that everything is, is great for every situation. But like the fact that you have the confidence to say, you know what, I'm gonna fire all my clients. I'm going to do this the right way. I'm gonna do this with a way that aligns with me. That shows that you're acting with courage, with love as a way to say to the universe, I'm willing to take whatever it takes because I know this is the right way to do it. Where do you think that comes from?
1: I think, yeah, before we get into that, I think the same applies to you. I think we covered this in the January 1st episode, but I think, like, the same thing for you. And I think, like, you had the courage to, you know, walk away from some good money, too. And I think, honestly, if you hadn't done that, I don't think this podcast would be talking right now. But um, where where does that come from? I don't know. Like, what's so funny for me is I look into, like, my childhood like my default reaction to almost everything, like a lot of negative events, was always laughter, right? Like I'm talking about where the point was, it was kind of weird and kind of strange. Like I remember when I was this is this is kind of fucked up, but I remember um, I actually had a lot of shame and guilt over this for a long time. But um, I remember when I was 12, my first cousin, he was, um, he he had got murdered. He got like shot like 12 times, right? And I was in grade seven, had just moved into this um, other house, sleeping on the floor because we didn't have any furniture yet. And then um, I remember I was sharing a room at the time with my older sister. And I remember um, my, it was like middle of the night, my mom, she's like um, wailing, like top of her lungs, just crying. It's like 2am or something. And then she comes into my room, uh, me and my sister's room or whatever. And then she tells us what happened, right? And then my sister starts crying. And then my mom's crying like crazy. And then my initial reaction is honestly fucked up to even say. It It, it was like I was it was laughter, bro. Not like hysterical laughter. It was like I, I was laughing like I don't know. Like it was so weird. It felt like when somebody you love dies, it doesn't feel real because in a deeper perspective, it isn't real. So the only reaction is laughter. And at that age I remember laughing and I remember my mom looking at me and my sister looking at me like, is this guy like a psychopath or some shit? Like, wh- why is this kid laughing? Yeah. Like, this horrible thing has happened. And I remember that was my initial reaction. Like, that was my default reaction was to laugh. And I think a lot of people do laugh in order to deal with the pain. But I remember after I laughed, I felt so much guilt for why was I laughing. And then um, I was, like, the one was probably crying the loudest. And that was natural, too. Like, it wasn't, like, forced. I was really, like, fucked up. And I was crying like crazy for, like and probably cried the most at the funeral like everything but the initial reaction was laughter and i noticed that with everything in my life too like when things go wrong i really love it in a way that's kind of weird i my default reaction is to laugh because i think there's something deeper at play i think like the pixels whether it's a death or whether it's a business failure or whether it's a relationship ending i think the pixels themselves are just changing it's like a scene in a movie right like a movie can have a sad scene it can have a death it could have whatever and it can be horrible but at the end of the day it's 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 a it's a movie and i think like that has been reinforced in a way through like all the spiritual stuff where you really realize like more of the truth of what reality actually is who we actually are and how anything real cannot be taken away Only like the forms on the screen can change. And I think um, once you come at it with that perspective, and again, maybe bullshit, right? Maybe just another one of those delusional bullshit beliefs, right? Like I said, I have many of them. I think my brain is full of them. And um, I think that's where that reaction comes from. I know that was kind of like a little bit. Off topic, but I think that was like ingrained in me from the from the jump So like even like business or anything like this, like when things go wrong, it's almost funny. It's like This is funny. Like just the forms are changing, but nothing has really changed. What's real can't be taken away
0: What advice would you have for someone dealing with a death of a loved one or a really difficult situation to a lot of people
1: yeah that's a that's a good question like recently i had um i know you know this but i'll just mention it on the on the podcast um i had um on the on the same day um my uncle he uh unfortunately passed away and my uncle was like a father figure to me so that was tough and then a couple hours later on the same day as i was like mourning my um uncle's loss i got a call that said like um, one of my other cousins, he was also shot and um, he, he survived though, thank God but um, in terms of dealing with loss I feel like it's important to give yourself space, I think it's important to be with whatever is arising I think, couple things, right, I think it's important to be with what is arising but I also think it's important to honor the gift that the dying person gave you and what I mean by Honoring the gift that the dying person gave you is, unfortunately, I've gone to like quite a bit of uh, funerals, right? Like I've had quite a few debts to deal with. And I noticed something, bro. I noticed something at the funerals. I noticed something at the house when you're mourning, when you're with the family. I noticed something in the people. I noticed that when somebody you love dies, they leave you with one last gift. And that gift is the gift of awareness. I noticed that when somebody dies, all the loved ones around them, they're stripped out of their conditioned life. They're stripped out of the busyness. They're stripped out of the mundaneness. They're stripped out of the day-to-day bullshit that we all get lost in. And they're given the gift of awareness. They're allowed to see their life for what it truly is. They're allowed to see how they've been spending their time. And that gift of awareness is so powerful. And you see the effect it has on people. I see people be given this gift of awareness and they're like man this life is so fleeting i'm gonna do this i'm gonna actually chase my dreams i'm gonna you know start that business i'm gonna start 75 hard fuck playing small fuck going along with this bullshit fuck this conditioning like can it all i'm gonna i'm gonna do it my way and that gift of awareness for most unfortunately last two weeks you look at them two weeks later they're back in the conditioned world they're back doing the same old shit and then it takes another death another death of a loved one for them to get that awareness again and that cycle unfortunately repeats until they're the ones that are laying in the coffin so i think the greatest gift you can give to the person that just passed away is to honor the gift of awareness that they left you with they their death allowed you to see your life for what it truly is and how you're living and i think the reason we cry so hard at funerals isn't because we're mourning the other person that person is gone i think we are obviously mourning but i think what we're mourning more is the thought of our own mortality it makes us uncomfortable all of our life we try to shy away from the fact that We're going to die one day. So that's why the gift of death when somebody you love dies is so powerful because they give you the gift of awareness. They give you the gift of truth. They allow you to see your life for what it truly is. And I think the best thing you can do is truly honor it. So when my uncle passed away and had that gift of awareness, I was like just looking at my life for what it was. And I was like, holy shit. Like, thank you. Thank you, uncle. Like, I would never have this awareness if this didn't happen. And obviously, I'm not wishing fucking hated it man i was crying at the top of my lungs i was fucked up for weeks still am fucked up to some degree but it was horrible but also there was this gift of awareness and i was like yo the greatest thing i can do is take this gift of awareness and not go back to sleep
0: what strategies do you use or how do you keep that awareness because a lot of people will do that for a week or two and feel it for a week or two but how do you maintain it for months or years?
1: I think um, a couple things. I think this is where it's crucial to have habits like what you said um, towards the start of this podcast, like where you do spend a lot of time by yourself with your own thoughts, with what you want to do, whether that's going on walks, whether that's meditating, whether that's journaling, whether that's being mindful of your feet on the floor and being where you are. I think that's really important. I also think it's important to... You know, one of my favorite things to do when I'm stuck in a rut is to go walk through the cemetery. That's always been so powerful for me because immediately it gives me that gift of awareness again, right? It allows me to see the bigger picture. It allows me to see, like, the stuff I'm stressed about or worried about really doesn't matter. And, like, what really matters is our, like, relationships and experiences and just, like, you know, being true to yourself. So I like to do things like that, like take a walk through a cemetery and i think it's really crucial to not shy away from death right i feel like much of much of the reason we fall back asleep is because all of society trains us to fear death to look away from death but if you've ever been around someone that is dying you'll notice that obviously there's suffering but you'll notice like towards the end like those last few moments something happens in that hospital room or wherever it is a different type of presence opens up a different level of connection opens up almost a lightness almost a childlike wonder and awe and joy takes over that room very hard to describe but something really interesting happens and i think um it's important to be in those situations i think it's it's a great privilege to be around somebody that actually is dying so i think it's important to spend time with people that are at all stages of life like one thing i really enjoy is the fact that most of my friends or all of my friends are at different age brackets right and i think that does a great job of keeping the big picture in mind like even um One of my first clients, he was a 70 year old uh, entrepreneur. He was a total badass. Like, he had a nine figure net worth, real badass. And I was in charge of running his uh, Facebook ads, right? And I was like a youngin' at the time. Like, all my friends, all they cared about was partying. Obviously, that's all I cared about, too, right? And I remember I would log on to this guy's Facebook and before i logged on to his facebook i would log into my facebook and i would see my home feed and i would just see all my friends posting photos of like vacations partying you know clubbing um whatever like pure happiness right then i would log on to his facebook account i had his password to do his ads but i would see his home feed and all i would see on his home feed was like uh so and so passed away um condolences to so and so um so and so is no longer with us like no joke the entire feed was full of people that were just um mourning over the loss of somebody because all his friends were in his age bracket right i remember being like super young and seeing the difference between those two facebook timelines the the home feed and i was like wow like it just brought about the circle of life for me and i was like yo this is crazy and since then i think it's always so important to have those types of people in your life that give you that perspective that gift of awareness day in and day out so i've always tried to like cultivate relationships with people from all age brackets because i think if all you know is just the people around you and all the people around you are the same age then your life experience unfolds in stages but if you have friends at every different age bracket then you get to benefit from all their experiences and you get to bring it into this moment and then that leads to a very different outlook a very different mentality a very different way of going about life and i think it honors everybody's life in such a beautiful way because everybody has such a gift to share so, like, even when I'm walking down the street, like, I like to learn from everybody. Like, I'll walk down the street, like, if a homeless person starts talking to me. Like, one time I was walking to the beach. I had the intention of going to the beach. And this homeless guy was, like, sitting on the ground. And he just struck up a conversation. I just sat down with him for hours. So I just talked. I forgot I was even supposed to go to the beach. My friends are telling me, like, yo, where are you? Well, why aren't you at the beach? I'm like, oh, shit, it's already 10 p.m. And like, I completely forgot I was supposed to go to the beach. So, I think... um there's so much epicness, again, to being 100% open to life and also not losing your uniqueness as a result of all the influence you get from all those people.
0: What'd you learn from the homeless
1: guy? Bro, the homeless guy? All right. This is crazy, right? So homeless people, I'm extremely captivated by, right? That sounds creepy as fuck. But um, the reason I'm, I, like, I'm so intrigued by homeless people is like one time, right? I was walking down the street of like downtown vancouver right there's like an area where it's just like pure pure um homeless people right like people battling drug addiction and the whole whole nine right it's very very tough but um i was walking down the street with my girlfriend and there was this homeless guy and he was on um this is a different homeless guy we can get to the other guy later but um this homeless guy was like on something right i don't know if he was on something at the time but he was like you could tell he wasn't really there, right? And he was walking in front of us. And there's other people, like obviously everybody is the same, but I'm just going to say other people were like normal civilians. I'm not saying the homeless guy wasn't a normal civilian. He he is in my books, but whatever. Everybody else was walking around him, and also like um, they were walking around him. And me and my girlfriend were like behind, and we were just walking, right? And then this homeless person was saying. But he was saying things out loud that would appear crazy, right? He was saying things like, reality is an illusion. You are infinite. like uh, God is love. Like he was just screaming, "You are the universe experiencing itself. He was saying it at the top of his lungs, and he was probably under the influence of something. Right. And I noticed that all the normal civilians, they were like trying to cross the street or get away from this guy because he seemed a little bit crazy and a little bit out there. But I was so intrigued by this guy because I was like, yo, what the fuck? This guy is saying the exact same things I'm reading in books by like Eckhart Tolle or like other advanced spiritual people. And I was like, damn, this this is crazy. And everybody else was like ignoring this guy. But I remember like walking very, very, very slowly just to continue to hear what this guy was saying. And I found it so captivating. And, um, yeah, so what I learned from that guy was, honestly, it was like a reinforcement in many ways. I feel like there's, I feel like the people at the bottom and the people at the top are all saying the same thing, but it's the people in the middle that are the most programmed and conditioned.
0: Wow. It kind of reminds me of that meme, you know, the meme where it's like the 15% or the 5%, the low IQ and the high IQ, both thinking the same thing that's correct in the middle, uh, having difficulty. It also reminds me of a theory that I have about the circle of life in that when we're a child, we're a child. When we're an adult, we're an adult. But when we're older, we're closer to a child than anything. And that talks... That reminds me of what you said about the the childlike wonder in the eyes of those who are dying. But with the... The other homeless guy. What do you what do you take away from that one?
1: Oh, that guy. That that was honestly like more just like shits and giggles. (laughs) It was honestly what I took away from that one was just like if you can be fully real with somebody, if you can just like you know not judge anybody, not have any stories, you can learn so much about them. Like this homeless person. Like obviously, like you know homeless person. They have a lot of stories right so more so i was just like so captivated and so curious about this person's story like i want to know how his life unfolded i want to know how he ended up in this moment and not just because he's homeless i'm curious about everybody i'm curious like what brings everybody to this moment what are the experiences they have gone through what shaped them what influenced them right because if i had gone through this exact same experiences i would be sitting exactly in that same position as he is as that homeless person so i'm curious i want to learn I want to I want to know what it's all about. So it was more so just hearing his um, story. But what I really got from that was like that true feeling of actually listening. I realized that I listened more to that homeless people homeless person than I have to some of my loved ones. Because with my loved ones, I feel like I already know. And I think that thought prevents me from actually taking in Their story fully because i have so many um assumptions right but with the homeless person it was a blank slate so i could actually be there fully no assumptions i have no idea who this person is i'm just here i'm just listening and just giving that person the space to share their story was epic so the thing that i learned was like how to hold that space how to hold that ground for other people in my life other loved ones and kind of give them the same gift of Actually, being there fully and not being trapped in assumptions or labels of what I think this person is or what their story is. Because I have no idea, like, you know, lived with my family, grew up with everybody, but they experience reality in an entirely different way. You could be living with somebody, but their experience is subjective. So sometimes we just use our own thoughts to color their experience when their experience can be completely different. So that was like one of the main takeaways that I took.
0: You know, it's crazy because everyone says, you know, you should travel. Traveling is great and traveling is great. You expand your mind and explore the world in an entirely new way. But what's another interesting way to travel is to literally just talk to people because the people around you have been through and traveled their own lives. And if you express a true interest in those people, you can actually travel to their experiences. So it's like, that's a wild way to... Think about travel because traveling is available to us in each moment. The question is, do you have the curiosity to ask the questions? Do you have the comfortability with yourself to look stupid? And that is what we should aim to get better at because someone could travel to a completely new place but end up in their own mind the entire time. And did they really experience a new culture? Did they really experience a new individual? No, they just experienced themselves in a hotel and that was it. But what if you spoke to the locals? What if you really understood their stories? What if you record conversations with them so that when you go to a new place, you can take that and listen to it with a new set of eyes or ears rather. So yeah, man, what you just said made me realize that travel is conversation with other people.
1: Bro, that's, that's epic. I'm, I'm writing that down. That is so beautiful and that's so well said.
0: Thank you, man. When... You, that's a skill that I think more people need to have, is being able to start conversations with people, being open to the moment, to a new person, and being curious. How would you advise someone to cultivate that feeling? Bro, that's exactly what I was going (laughs) to ask you. (laughs) Of course. course. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about it. Like, How do you think you can develop that? I think... It starts with getting in touch with yourself and it it goes back to the awareness piece that it goes back to spending time with yourself. I personally noticed in you through your writing and your tweets, how open you were to the world and how willing you were to be a human being that was curious about the world. For example, I remember a tweet you had, which was like, I'm like in a bus or something like that. And I start conversations with people all the time random strangers. And I said to myself, man, I would never do that. This was like two or three years ago when I first read it. I was like, I would never do that. That is so weird. I'm judging those people. And I knew that to be the truth. Like I wouldn't just start a random conversation. But the truth was I wasn't comfortable with myself. Why wasn't I comfortable with myself? I hadn't shined the light towards myself. I wasn't acting in alignment with the highest version of myself. So it's very difficult to start a conversation. I even noticed in my day-to-day life over the past two years, the moments when I am not acting in alignment with the highest version of myself, I don't wanna start conversations with people. I'll avoid eye contact with random strangers on the street. But when you're acting in alignment with the highest version of yourself, for me, that means meditating. For me, that means... Reading for me that means working out. If I'm doing all those things and I'm I'm feeling good about myself, I'm more likely to look around the world and want to look someone in the eye to want to know their story because I'm comfortable with me. So that's how I've done it. And I've done it in the last two, three years from looking at your tweets, asking how does someone think that way? And just trying to reverse engineer it. And I'm now at a point where I can say to a random person on the street, wow. I said to a guy yesterday, wow, I like your beard because I'm comfortable with myself. Just complimenting strangers by giving people love. I don't care about the implication of that because giving someone love, starting a conversation is a win itself and is the truth itself. And it's like we have all these thoughts throughout our day and we often don't verbalize them. But what if we did? How much better, how much more joy could we bring to others? How much joy can we bring to ourselves if we actually did? So yeah, that's a little rant on, on the topic. I
1: love it. I, I love that rant. I remember that tweet um, you shared. It's actually funny. So somebody complimented you. They're like, yo, bro, you're looking swole. And then you tweeted that out. And then I read that tweet. And then I complimented a stranger.
0: Yeah. And that's that's a thing. There was a moment. I so appreciate you sharing that. Because there was a moment in my mind where I was like, you know, should I put this out or not? Because this is, uh, you know someone could look at this and be like, this is an egotistical thing. Like, but in my head, I knew my intentions were good. I knew my intentions were going to help someone compliment someone. I knew my intentions were going to help spread more joy. And I was so happy that that person had taken the time to spread joy in that moment. And that was my truth. And expressing that truth on Twitter led to more good positive outcomes. I mean, how crazy is that?
1: Yeah, that, that's that big. And it reminds me, I have a question. Um, you know, I think you did um, phase, well, you done everything, you're a fucking beast, right? But I think it was phase two, where one of the things is you have to strike up a conversation with the stranger every single day, I believe, correct me if I'm for, wrong, for...
0: 30 days, yeah, it's
1: phase three, yeah, yes, sir, Yeah, yes, phase sir. phase three, my bad. And then um, my question was, how? what role, how did that impact you? And also, um, what was the difference between day one of doing that and day 30?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, listen, starting conversations with strangers is something that you've just inspired me to do every day and adding that to what I'm doing on 75 hard because it made my life so much better. But And like everything, it is a difficult thing up front that seems difficult in your head when you're just thinking about it, like a stranger starting a conversation with them. Why would I care about it? What is going on? Like in your head, you can build up so many different, ways in which you can't do it and such nonsensical excuses. But once you actually do it and feel the joy of connecting with another human being in that moment, it is such a beautiful experience because you know your intentions are pure. You just want to spread what you are, your light in that given moment to someone else and someone else wants to do it. Someone else is, is feeling that light for one second and saying, wow, that feels good to, I mean, think about it. People can go their entire lives or can go entire weeks or months rather without talking about themselves and talking about why they did certain things. And no one maybe has shown curiosity or interest in why they're doing that. So the fact that you can do that in a given moment, literally it can start with someone at the, the shell station, someone at a gas station or someone at, you know, a, a pizza place, whatever it is, ask them, uh, there was no pizza on phase three, but ask them, ask them what their shift is like and what how, if they're looking forward to getting off their shift, like at a, a worker, right? And no one has asked them that. And so they're just like willing to give more and more information. And it's like the little things, the little things, putting yourself in someone else's shoes for one moment. So to answer your question, day one, I was very timid to do this. Even though I knew that it was good for me, I was like, ah, and I'd done it before. I was like nervous about doing it for some reason. I was like, how am I going to do this every day? But after the 30 days were up, I was like, whoa, that was the best part of the entire program. The entire, every single thing that I had to do, that was the most important thing. And that was the thing that gave me the most joy. And so thank you for asking that because it's going to inspire me to make that a part of my 75 hard journey going forward. It's going to make that be a habit that I need to check off every day. And it's like, that is such a a beautiful gift. So thank you, Tej. I really appreciate that.
1: That was epic. And like what I, um, aside from that, that beautiful answer, what it took about, what it took from that was, I noticed that as you were speaking, I could feel what it did for you. I could feel the aliveness. I could feel the joy. Like it felt like, Something deeper was speaking through you as you were answering that, like your heart was fully talking through your mouth. And I feel like that's so important because so often we crave to feel fully alive. And like what I took away from your answer was it's literally as simple as just striking up a conversation with somebody because in the process, you put all of yourself on the line and that allows you to feel fully alive. And it's also so crucial. Yeah, it's also so crucial to see that how, you know, 75 hard, phase three, there's many things that you have to do. And I think most of the things are for yourself, right? But this one thing where you talk to a stranger is kind of like a gift. And obviously all the other things do lead into being a gifts for all the people around you. You inspire people in your own way. But just like for the sake of this point, again, might be a bullshit point. But um, the fact that, that striking up a conversation with the stranger was the most important thing in your favorite part of the program i feel like really speaks to our need of actually giving gifts to those people that are around us each and every day and how much joy that gives us and i think it's so easy to fall victim to you know, just um, being in it for ourselves. But I think like real fulfillment comes from actually being in full alignment with who we are, putting ourselves on the line each and every day and having the balls to strike up a conversation and just give yourself the potential to make somebody else's day for a change.
0: Two things strike me about what you just said. One is that the joy that came across from sharing that truth is why I wanted to start the podcast because I could tweet that and you could get a sense for what I meant by starting conversations with strangers is important and like change my life and is my favorite part. But when you hear me say it, it's entirely different, right? It's one thing to read it and it's another thing to feel it with the, the vocalization, how I said it and why I said it. And that's really important and then the other thing i forgot the other thing but that's okay um it'll it'll come back um but yeah man it, it it's just like the joy you feel from having a conversation is because you're putting yourself on the line like you say that it's so true the reason why we're scared is because in our heads we're saying will this person not like me what if i say something stupid what is going on in What if that person's having a bad day? What if that person's upset? What if that person, this, that, the other? But the truth is, nine out of 10 times, I would probably go so far to say like 28 out of 30 times, the interaction is positive. And it's, it's like a positive interaction awaits. The other thing is, it's like we're living in a lonely world in the sense that people are more and more attached to their screens and attached to the the digital and the digital is amazing. The digital is why someone's listening to this episode. The digital is why this conversation can even happen. The digital is amazing, but you know, what's more innate to our human being nature is the physical realness of someone in the room together. And then it's, it's just a matter of having the, the balls to step into the arena and the balls to say, this is just a conversation. Whatever happens, happens. I just want to spread joy and love in this moment. And so, yeah, Bro,
1: that that's, that's epic. And the reason I think it's so epic is because um, it actually triggered a pretty crucial insight for me just now. I feel like, you know how, I think this is so powerful, right? And the reason why I think it's so powerful is because I think striking up a conversation with a stranger is actually one of the fastest ways to grow as a human being and the reason I say that it's because like okay when you were talking and you were sharing your story you're like um, I found it easy to strike up a conversation with people because I was in, in alignment with who I truly was and the more I was in alignment with who I truly was the easier I found it to you know make eye contact give compliments be present and all that jazz and I compared that to my experience right like you know you mentioned that tweet about striking up conversations with people on the bus when I used to go to university or whatever, um, the reason I personally did it was because I was uncomfortable. I was afraid. I felt like a shy, little, insecure kid, right? And the reason I did it was because I wanted to put myself out there so I could expose the parts of myself that felt shy and uncomfortable. And in the process, I could shine that light on them and heal them. Right. So I think it's so crazy to see how we can come at it from two different angles, but the end destination is the same. So I think it's such a crucial way to put yourself out there. And I think it's so conducive to growth because in order to put yourself out there and strike up a conversation with the stranger, all your uncomfortable feelings, all your judgments, all the areas of yourself that you don't want to face come online and you're staring them dead in the eye right so you have to be okay with them and i think that's the fastest way to actually grow because the faster you can own those areas that are often neglected the faster you can shine a light on them and become whole again and then things become easy where it's easy to strike up a conversation it's easy to make eye contact it's easy to you know kick it with the homeless person or whatever but i think um because somebody might be listening to this and they may be like you know, I'm not in alignment, right? I'm not doing what I need to be doing. I feel uncomfortable. I feel afraid. And they may think that this isn't for them, but I think it is for them. I think it's the fastest way to get into alignment because in the process, all those feelings of unworthiness, all those feelings of lack will come to the surface. And if you're like, maybe take baby steps because sometimes if you just go right, at it it can all come up so fast and can be a little overwhelming because we spent a majority of our life hiding those feelings right but i think it's such a great way to bring those feelings to the surface so you can actually shine light on them and clear them and get them out of your unconscious so you can actually truly be in alignment and be the person you truly want to be so i think just doing that every single day is way more powerful than some of the other habits people engage in because those habits are great, but they result in, you know, they don't bring up all those feelings of lack and worthiness as fast as something like this. That just puts you in the fire immediately.
0: Couldn't agree more. And the, the thing that I, I remembered was triggered from your thought that, that I forgot rather was triggered. I finally remembered it. It's that, the reason why this is such a powerful practice goes back to another one of your beliefs that is maybe bullshit or maybe true, and that is we're all one. And the reason why connecting with the stranger feels so good is because that stranger is you, and you are them, and it feels good to connect with ourselves. And so that is something that is maybe a reason why the practice is so powerful
1: bro that's that's crucial it kind of reminds me of what we talked on our last uh private sorry guys it was private private conversation (laughs) (laughs) not everything can be a podcast i'm just kidding it was just like this conversation man like it doesn't even matter but um how like when you speak to somebody else you and you like resonate with something that they have it's like a reflection of what you have inside yourself because we are one and like the other person is simply just a mirror and i think it's like like the way i like to think of it is like we're all finger we're all different fingers but we belong to the same hand
0: i love that it's the it's the ocean right it's the waves of the ocean we are all we're all waves in different places but the ocean is the ocean and the waves in in san diego are somehow related to the waves in china and that is because they're both the ocean, but people will look at that and they, that's two different things. Well, yeah, it is two different things in two different places, but it's also the same thing in the same place.
1: How has the concept of not even the concept, but like, how has the, the awareness of everything being one impacted you in whichever way you want to talk about it?
0: Kinder, man, I'm kinder to myself. I'm kinder to other people. And I'm more willing to lead with love because I know that another person having a bad day is just me having a bad day in a different moment in time. So the the idea that we're all one has helped me tremendously just become a better human being, a kinder, a more a less ego-driven human being and just able to see more beauty in the world. And for that I'm forever grateful.
1: Yeah, I think people really dismiss, like, the practical benefits of that belief, if you will, that everything is one. Like, even from a, like, a really practical example, like, even, let's say, like, starting a business, right? Like, there's this thing that you do, it's called market research, right? And I feel like a lot of people struggle with it because um, they think it's hard, right? They think, like, yo, how am I supposed to do market research? But, like, for me, what really took my marketing game to another level was this realization that everything is one and like the people I'm selling to are just like me in another body, right? So it just allows you to kind of teleport into their consciousness and see like how they're experiencing life. Like this is such a crazy belief. Like imagine, go, maybe like go on a walk, right? Like I'm going to do this, right? So I just tell people to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to (laughs) go on a walk after this conversation and all the people that I see that are walking, I'm going to just hold the realization that i'm living all these lives simultaneously everybody is me but i can only experience one life at a time and i want to see what that does for my walk
0: wow well we're gonna to need to do a, a follow-up episode maybe a, maybe a mini episode or something to to see what that does for you
1: yeah it's, it's actually funny I'm, i've been um i've been taking notes all throughout this this podcast and like crazy crazy insights man like quick recap like first was like start start a journey like these are all things that i'm gonna do right so i'm just like sharing my notes quick styles start a journey I, i love the point of what you said with respect to how everybody around you has a story you know they have experiences and that's such a unique way of traveling like you don't actually have to go anywhere to travel i thought that was Epic. I thought that was that was so I never honestly never ever considered that it's like so foreign, but it's so beautiful. And then the third thing was starting conversations with strangers like, dude, the way honestly, like the way you answered that question got me excited. Like it made me feel alive. And that just speaks to the power of the practice, but also the power of the human being, the power of yourself. So I just wanted to thank you for that genuine, authentic, real answer and um yeah obviously the last thing was this walk walk practice withholding that awareness that everybody is just me in another body and i can only experience one life at a time so those were my my takeaways my my insights from this conversation bro
0: dude i cannot wait to listen back to this so that i could take my own notes i'm so grateful i'm seriously so grateful for you as a human being it can't be said enough like you changed my life man and through that has continued to change other people's lives. Thank you for being you. Any final closing words for this podcast?
1: Bro, I'm just honestly, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for the message you're pushing, but I'm even more grateful for the person you are at scale. I think as I look out into the landscape, as I look out into the people that are, you know, running the show, I... See a lack of authenticity at times, and it hurts my heart. But with you, I feel like there's a new wave coming in. I feel like we're about to restore order. I feel like the winners are about to win on a scale that is unfathomable to the majority. And I just wanted to express my gratitude and my respect for the person. I feel like the person you are today is the person you have always been. But the only difference is now you, unlike most, actually have the balls to be who you have always been at scale. And I think that doesn't get the respect that it truly deserves. Because in my opinion, from all my experiences, that is the hardest thing. I know I said everything is easy, right? Cut me some slack. But this (laughs) is the hardest thing to do in my opinion and the fact that you do it day in day out regardless of how you feel regardless of what's going on in your life regardless of the highs regardless of the lows you continue to show up day in and day out as the real you is the biggest w is the biggest consciousness gain is the biggest um victory of all time and i'm so stoked to see how this adventure continues to unfold what magical roads it takes you down and yeah bro i just think it's epic you're truly an inspiration for me just seeing your story continuing to see your story just strikes me at a very deep level and it's funny like you know a lot of people in our corner but when i like think about what success means you're always like the first name that comes up in mind
0: thank you man that, that means more to me than you really know, and I'm so appreciative of the kind words and you in general. Where can we send people to connect with you further if they got to this point in the episode? First of all, thank you for getting to this point. Second of all, I'm sure Tej would like to hear from you, hear from you about your favorite part about this episode. So where should we tell the people to hit you up?
1: We can send them directly to iTunes to Spotify to give this a five-star review for the Danny Miranda podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you need, <laughs> need to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: where you need to go. Oh, it's great. It's great stuff. Uh Tej, this has been a real pleasure. Add Comedic bisman on Twitter. You'll hear me say it if you listen to any podcast that I'm a guest on. I always shout you out, always give credit to what has started this journey and really what piqued my interest in 2018 was the kindness and the purity and the personal mentorship and the personal way in which you have helped shape me into the person i am i am truly forever grateful thank you for taking the time thank you for dropping your wisdom your questions your curiosity and i appreciate it
1: absolutely bro it's 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 been a blast and stoked for whatever unfolds next it was this is this is a lot of fun and i'm so glad that we got to do it again it was a great privilege and honor to be on the podcast bro
0: Hope you enjoyed that episode with my good friend, Tej Dosa. If you have any thoughts about that episode, let me know on Twitter. I know my thoughts are, I'm going to start talking to more strangers. That was the big takeaway I got from that episode because of the joy that it gives me to connect with someone else in this moment. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing. But if you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear them on Twitter at HeyDannyMiranda. I'm so grateful for you listening At this point in the episode, I mean, over an hour and a half, I appreciate you listening tremendously and just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'm truly grateful for you and I will see you in the next episode. Peace.